child it was in me, my childhood day. Hello and welcome to Savage Yoga Snacks, the podcast for freaks, geeks, outcasts of yoga, and our allies. I'm your host, Steph Savage, and today I'm talking about why you think you can't do yoga and why you are wrong. One of the most common things that I hear both in teaching classes and online is, I can't do yoga. I can't do yoga. I am too fat. I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible enough. I can't do yoga. I'm not pretty. I can't do yoga. I'm white. I can't do yoga. I'm not rich enough. I can't do yoga. I don't have the right equipment. I can't do yoga. I'm not young. I can't do yoga. I don't have any time. The list goes on and on and on. And some of that, of course, is valid. There are lots of barriers that keep people from doing yoga. But what if I told you that you can do yoga just as you are in your home? No changing anything just your mindset. Of course, this is a gross oversimplification, especially when it comes to issues of race, appropriation, and accessibility, which we will, of course, address in this podcast. But stay with me on this one. What if we were to change the narrative from I can't do to I can do? A very important point that I brought up earlier was the I'm not white or I'm not white enough to practice yoga, which is a real contradiction when you think of where the actual practice came from. There are lots of really good resources out there that talk about the rich history of yoga being both an Indian and also East African practice that was brought over to the West. Needless to say, this narrative that one is not white enough to practice yoga is racist, damaging, and a prime example of cultural appropriation at its finest. Being a white yoga teacher myself, I am a part of this issue and this problem, and I work hard to make sure that I'm as anti-racist and inclusive as possible. Anusha Wejia Kumar is a brilliant author and educator based out of Orange County, California. She is knowledgeable in the areas of meditation, pranayama, mantra, and the philosophy associated with yoga. She feels very passionately about honoring the roots of yoga and educating people on the importance of decolonizing these practices. If you're interested in decolonizing your yoga practice, I highly recommend checking out Anusha. You can find her at her page Shanti Within, S-H-A-N-T-I-W-I-T-H-I-N. She has many interesting and rich trainings available throughout the year and a contemporary and colleague of Diane Bondi, who is definitely a podcast favorite. I also recommend you seek out teachers in your own area and community who are of South Asian descent. And take a class or take a training that's offered. So now that we've cleared that up, we recognize that you're not not white enough to practice yoga. That is a malicious lie that is being perpetuated by many in this industry. And this is but one lie in a series of lies that we are told every day. Every time you open Instagram or Facebook and you see a very bendy, blonde, white, very thin woman doing a yoga pose... Don't misunderstand me. Some of my colleagues and very good friends are bendy, blonde, thin, white women. They're lovely. And they would tell you the same. That it's all a lie. That perfectly held yoga pose of that impossible position is a lie. 
What you didn't see was how many times that person failed to get into that pose and how they only held it for as long as it takes to hit the shutter because any longer and they would have potentially hurt themselves. But it doesn't stop there. In fact, sometimes those poses aren't even real. Sometimes they're incredibly photoshopped and manipulated to make them look a lot harder, quote, end quote, than they actually are. Shauna Small, social justice activist, educator, and radical truth teller, actually inspired this episode today. She posted a photo to Instagram entitled Five Minute Beginner Backbends, and the picture is a very thin, very flexible white woman in the most ridiculous backbend I've ever seen. Her legs are in a near split, and if I were to attempt this, I would probably rupture my spleen. And she put the caption, this is why folks say they can't do yoga. She is absolutely right. From a marketing perspective, it's brilliant. It shows that even you can do these backbends if you just take our five-minute backbend class. From a moral and ethical standpoint, however, it's monstrous. Using that graphic was no accident. Whoever put that post up there knows that that will sell. Because so much of yoga in the West is built on a house of lies. And this plays into the narrative that I'm not flexible enough to do yoga. I'm too fat to do yoga. I'm not pretty enough to do yoga. These are all very valid concerns, but they're also lies. These are lies that are being fed to us through an industry that walks hand in hand with other business models like toxic diet culture and the beauty industry being guided by the patriarchy, capitalism, and of course, colonization. The truth is that no one is too fat to do yoga. Flexibility is found through yoga. There is no beauty standard for practicing yoga. While researching for this episode... I came across several interesting articles and studies looking at the effects of yoga on flexibility and balance. One quasi-experimental study I found conducted by Shah Noman et al. and published in the Asian Journal of Medical and Biological Research looked at the effects of yoga on flexibility and balance amongst trainee athletes. In total, 20 athletes participated, split evenly into two groups of 10, one control and one yoga group. The researchers conducted early morning bi-weekly yoga sessions over a period of six weeks. All the participants participated in regular training while the yoga group were given the extra yoga sessions. Measurements of flexibility and balance including sit and reach or the SR test and stork stand or SR test were taken immediately before and after the yoga training period. Significant improvements in flexibility were observed in the yoga group while they found no significant increase in flexibility within the control group. The researchers also found an increase in balance, thus concluding that regular yoga training may improve balance and flexibility even within a short period of time. The study demonstrates that one need not come to yoga with flexibility, rather one comes to yoga to gain flexibility. But what of concerns that maybe aren't lies, like accessibility, expense, equipment? Again, 
These are valid complaints and concerns that I hear a lot, but you do not have to pay for yoga. I say this as a person who is building a business in this industry, and I mean it. There are loads of free resources online available, YouTube videos, blogs, posts, free offerings that can help you build or build upon your own practice. I get the allure of those studios with the perfectly polished Instagram and some of those bigger chains that will remain nameless. But the reality is, you don't need that. Of course, if you want to support a smaller studio or business like my own, I highly recommend that you check them out and especially give your business to those who are from India, who have learned from the source and those who practice yoga, not only in their studio, but in their life. Speaking strictly to the equipment and age requirement for yoga, again, that's a lie. I think when I say the word yoga, the first thought in a lot of people's minds is asana or poses or shapes. And as we've discussed in a previous episode, yoga is so much more. One of my own teachers doesn't really do any asana anymore. They mostly just have a pranayama or a breath practice and meditation, and it's beautiful. My own personal practice has been shifting away from the physical in favor of more meditation and breathing and the spiritual aspects of yoga. However, if you are interested in more of an asana-based practice and you don't have, quote, the equipment, don't worry, I've got you. Let's say that you want to do some yoga, but you don't have a yoga mat. No worries. You can do yoga seated in a chair. You can sit on the bare ground, perhaps go out in the nice weather whenever it comes back and sit in the grass. You can do yoga on your bed. You can do yoga using a towel. My point is, you don't need a yoga mat in order to practice yoga. That's just another lie. I won't deny that it can be more comfortable using a yoga mat, especially if you're engaging in asana and doing poses like downward dog. It can help to have something a little sticky underneath your hands and your feet. But I've had great success just using my bare feet on my wood floors. And if you don't have a strap, don't worry. Use a towel. Use a long scarf. Same goes for bolsters and blocks. Most people have pillows, and if you don't, I'm going to say a prayer for your neck in this moment. If you've got a couch cushion that can be removed, you, my friend, have a makeshift bolster. Try not to get tripped up in the shiny, beautiful matching props that you see on Half Moon and Instagram. Don't get me wrong, they're very beautiful and they are handy, but my point is you don't need them. And what of the argument that one is too old to do yoga? This one is especially frustrating for me, as a great number of my clientele and students are over the age of 60. The oldest student I've ever had is 96 years old. In the book Anywhere, Anytime, Anybody Yoga, A Practical Guide to Using Yoga in Everyday Life, Emily Slonina speaks to the idea of yoga being a practice for everyone, accessible in many different ways. Emily focuses on the breath and how yoga feels in the individual body while applying the use of various everyday props like the wall, floor, and even a towel. Emily chose to use everyday people as her models, a lot of them over the age of 60. 
and she encourages the reader to meet themselves where they are and ask, how can I make this pose work for me and my body today? This book can be an accessible jumping off point, especially if you're recovering from injury or you're in a body that's aging. There are numerous studies that I won't name here, but I highly recommend you do a Google search for that show that yoga is incredibly beneficial for those of us in aging bodies. I know the lie. I see it every time I open Instagram and it's another thin, blonde, usually white, young woman. I'll never forget when a friend of mine who was born in India told me that yoga is for old aunties in India, not for young people. Now, I think he was engaging in some serious stereotyping, but the reality is that yoga is not just for the young. And I would argue that as we get older, yoga actually becomes more important for our health and well-being. Don't let anybody tell you you're too old to do yoga. That's just not true. Another concern that's valid but is also not true is that you don't have time to do yoga. Now, I am speaking directly to myself when I say this. You have time to do yoga. As a person who runs their own small business, I don't have a lot of extra time. Any spare time I may have is spent either working on elements of my business that I couldn't get to the day before, spending time with my partner, or sleeping. Needless to say, I've been getting very little sleep lately. But again, this is a lie that we're being told. Sometimes my personal practice is 30 seconds of breathing. I'm not lying. Sometimes it looks like a mindfulness meditation. Sometimes it looks like a 75-minute shavasana. And occasionally it looks like movement. It's all valid. All of it. And it's all yoga. I want to be very clear that I am not an authority on this subject. As I mentioned before, I'm a white person. But I do know from my teachers and people who have far more experienced than I do, that this counts as yoga. Next time you feel like you don't have enough time, I challenge you to breathe. Take four deep breaths in and out. You can close your eyes. You can be laying down, seated. You can be walking. Just try it. So here's the bottom line. Most of what we see of yoga on Instagram, socials, marketing, and media are lies. Yoga is not for the flexible, the young, the rich, the thin, the blonde, the white. Yoga is for the willing. And now it's time for a yoga snack to get you through to your next coffee break. Today's exercise is a meditation written by one of my teachers, Tanya Gita Roberts. This is entitled The Sanctuary or Refuge. To begin, I invite you to find a comfortable position. You can take this practice lying down or seated, or you can even do it walking. Take a few moments to settle and get comfortable. Adjust yourself so that your spine feels aligned and the body is relaxed.
When you begin to feel ready, start to notice the coming and going of your breath. Take a moment to contemplate where you feel the center of your body. For some, that may be the hips, the belly, or perhaps your heart. There is no right or wrong place for you to find center. Just notice where you feel the center of your body. If you'd like, you can place one hand or both at your center. I invite you to take some time to breathe into your center, once again feeling the coming and going of your breath, your prana or energy as you breathe in, and you breathe out. Here, I invite you to visualize a sanctuary or a refuge at the center of your being. This can be a room, a dwelling, or perhaps your favorite place in nature. Choose a place where you feel safe, comfortable, and at ease. Perhaps visualizing yourself standing or seated or even lying down in this inner refuge. Take some time to have a sensory experience in this sanctuary. I invite you to look around. What does it look like? Is anything touching your skin? What do you smell? Can you taste anything? What can you hear? Know that this is a place that you can come to anytime when you are feeling overwhelmed or you need to check in with yourself.
Give yourself permission to rest in your inner sanctuary for a little while. Riding the wave of your breath. Perhaps noticing how each inhale expands and makes space in your sanctuary. And each exhale gathers you home for deeper connection and rest. When you're ready, take a long, slow breath in and a long, slow breath out. If you like, you can wiggle your fingers and toes. If your eyes were closed, gently open them. Allowing a sense of calm, grounding, and trust to move with you through the rest of your day. That's all the time we have for today, friends. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, don't buy into the lies. You can do yoga if you want to. And as always, stay weird. <laughs>